I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. All right. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, we're going to talk about how recent grads can stand out in today's job market. And here with me is probably an expert in this field, Uh, maybe our best resource here to talk about it, but is Human Resources Manager Robbie Renshaw. Robbie, how are you? I am doing excellent. Fantastic, actually. So thank you. Yeah. An expert? It's pretty strong. We'll see. I mean, I think, well, you've got, because you've been what? I mean, you've been involved in recruiting for how long now? At Lutz? Yeah. Six years? Yeah. So, So, I mean, that's... Did it a little bit beforehand, but really focused here, kind of recruiting. So, okay, well, we'll take it. I'll take expert. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'd give it to you. I mean, if there's, yeah, if there's an expert here, it's probably you. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, okay, so anyways, let's talk about maybe the job market a little bit and how someone, you know, like we said, can stand out in today's job market. Maybe how it's different from how the job market used to be. Yes, yes. So, I think really... This is, of course, to me, a fascinating topic, especially right now as grads are entering a really, really, really strong job market. I kind of think of it as this really big, shiny diamond. It's really, really nice. (laughs) Um, And so when you kind of look at the last few years, just from what I would call like a campus perspective, obviously there have been implications with COVID, right? right? It's impacted everyone in so many different ways. But really focusing on the workforce and how that has shifted. Mm -hmm. And it's experienced an evolution that I don't know if businesses and workforce alike were ready for. So kind of going back to, you know, 2020, let's start there, right? Obviously COVID, everything's kind of crazy. And a lot of organizations, unfortunately, because of the potential implications of their business with COVID, they decided to do layoffs, right? right? Hiring freezes, restructuring of the workforce, re, you know, workload redistribution. Mm -hmm. And so that really was more in the favor of the business, unfortunately. So as that was really happening, I think there was also this shift happening with the workforce. COVID really slowed people down in a different way to step back and go, why does this matter? What matters? If I look at those 40 hours a week, what do those 40 hours mean to me? Mm -hmm. And so you kind of just, there's always a spectrum of what you see in the workforce and the type of candidates that you're getting, but I think it really expanded. And so you had individuals on one extreme really looking at work as truly that transactional relationship. I, employee, am providing you this labor, my services, my skills and expertise, and in return, you are paying me for that. Mm -hmm. That's what my 40 hours means to me. Then you have the complete opposite of the spectrum where individuals are really re-evaluating how is work meaningful? What do I want that to look like? Do I need the social aspect? Do I need to be in person or does remote work? Or they're really assessing the benefits. They're assessing the continuous education and you kind of everything in between. So as these layoffs and all this stuff is happening, you have this workforce that's reevaluating. And at the same time, you have 
you know, obviously multiple generations in this workforce. You have specifically individuals that are getting ready to retire. Mm -hmm. And they were planning like, hey, I was going to retire in like three years. Well, hey, I might as well do it earlier. So that was happening. And then, of course, you had those individuals that are really looking at their career. Do I really like what I'm doing? Does this matter to me? Or is my heart somewhere else? So you saw a lot of individuals doing career transitions, massive ones, moving from industry to industry. And then, of course, just general life, right? Some people were looking at their circumstances and maybe decided as parents, like, hey, it actually might make sense if one of us stays home and, you know, takes care of those aspects and the other one goes to work and kind of handles that financial obligation, okay? So that's really happening. And then what it felt like is literally three days later, it was like, wow, the organizations, they need people. They need them now. They need them, you right. know, wait, now we now we actually need them. <clears throat> we realize the implications of what's happening on the goods that we're selling, the services we're providing, and yep. we do need those resources. Well, your workforce just dwindled some, mm-hmm. right? And so that was really happening. And then, again, felt like three days later, <laughs> there was another shift. And the shift that we're currently experiencing and why I think this is a great opportunity for recent grads is when you think about the whole idea of recruiting, interviewing, and getting a job, it can seem very tedious, overwhelming. And for many, many years, historically speaking, aside from like recessions and stuff, a lot of the hiring was really in favor of the organization. They were calling the shots. They were making the decisions. They said, this is what we're offering you. This is all you get, nothing more. You can't negotiate. Because there's seven people in line behind you. Yes, yes, exactly. And then it shifted completely to in favor of the candidate. Now the candidate has a buffet. They're like, Mm -hmm. well, I have seven job offers. Right. So once upon a time, you know, and these aren't legitimate stats, but, you know, let's say someone's applying to 10 jobs and, you know, previously when it was in favor of the business, they were getting one offer for every 10 jobs they were applying for, but now they're getting seven. Now the candidates can really choose, really be picky and selective. Yep. And so as it stands today, I think it's really a blend of both. It is both a organization's market and a candidate's market. Mm-hmm. And I'll you know, kind of back this up a little bit, but I was actually, I came across an article in the last couple of weeks and the National Association for Colleges and Employers actually released a st- recent study. And they were saying out of 56% of the respondents for that study plan on increasing their hiring of recent grads, which That's awesome. And it's actually 30, I believe it was either 31 or 32% increase from the previous year. Wow. So that alone just tells us that the job market's strong. Yeah. So essentially what I feel like has happened is it's really put both the business and the candidate in a situation where they can kind of customize and individualize their approach from the business perspective. I think there's a lot of opportunity to really understand how they're marketing themselves, how their brand, what their brand looks like, what messages, how to attract the ideal candidates. Mm -hmm. Because remember, it's still a candidate market. Right. And on the flip side, while there's obviously a lot of opportunity for candidates, it's also kind of overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you had one job offer, you're like, well, that's it. I'm taking that job, you know, sign the dotted line. But now they're like, I have seven. How do I make all these decisions? So 
you know, while I do acknowledge, yes, it's a very strong, strong market. And of course, there's been so much evolution, you know, how this is navigated, I would say, in the last few years. You know, that's not to say that there's not pros and cons on both sides of it. Right. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, it's it's incredible to me, though, the the way you, you know, outline those shifts in, in the job market. Right. I mean, it's I definitely remember I felt like in 2017 or whatever, when I was graduating, I was like, OK, I need to get out there. And I'm fortunate to get this this offer. Yes. You know, I've who knows what else could happen. And so I guess, you know, maybe not necessarily as much as standing out, but how can someone, you know, approach entering the job market? And how do you think that they, because I mean, you know, having plenty of opportunity will allow for, I think, some more confidence, Mm -hmm. which I think that tends to trickle down and cause you to exude that confidence more, which will make you feel like more of a, uh, an outstanding candidate. But what what are, I mean, do the, the ways of old still hold true to stand out, you know, in this job market now where you've got plenty of opportunities and maybe do your due diligence or, or has that changed a little bit too? That's an excellent question. So kind of going back to what I was talking about, right? The theme here is change. Yeah. Change is inevitable, right? Right, right? And where, again, I think it's been so shocking is how fast it's been like that. And it's caused everyone alike to constantly pivot to <clears throat> feel they're ahead of that curve. And so, you know, speaking from a candidate's perspective, yes, with that change, like let's talk about some of the ways that it's changed for a business in favor of the candidate. Right. You know, one of the things I feel strongly some of the changes that needed to happen, just generally speaking, is the overall process, the length and the timing of it. Sure. A recent grad might go into this process now and expect it to be four months long when actually it might be a week. Sure. It might be a couple of days, right? right? So it, it's it's pushed a lot of businesses to rethink their strategy. And so it is a lot more fast paced. And also with that, I would say, I think we're starting to see a little bit of shift of the weight that the candidate is carrying and the sense of the work that they have to do to get that job. For example, right, when you think about a job application, this is everyone kind of jokes about it and let's let's be real, it's it's kind of true, but you know, when you go apply for a job and they're like, fill out this application and submit your resume and you're like, I literally just filled out my resume Right. on this application yeah. and now I have to submit the resume. Yeah. Counterintuitive. Yeah. Like, it, like right. just take my resume. It's all, everything. Or just make me submit, you know, the questions or whatever. Yes. I don't know. Yes. So yeah. it's little things like that where, you know, especially the workforce and a lot of my job, obviously I spend a lot of time talking to students, recent grads and at all stages of someone's career. <clears throat> and that has been a, a common theme. They're frustrated. They're like, why do I have to do this? This process takes so long. And if I'm doing it for every single business, right. I don't even know how many hours I'm putting towards that. So I really do feel there there is a good shift. Do you see that going away? Do you see, do you see resumes going away? I mean, in the, you know, when you think about how yeah. often people are, and you talk about the, the shrinking of timeline of yes. how quickly we need to do yes. things, it, do you ever see that where it's just plug in your answers in these fields that we need and we'll mm-hmm. just build your resume for you. I mean, I know that there's a lot of thoughts mm-hmm. or that I have where it's like, well, I think, aren't we missing out on maybe the attention to detail that someone puts into a resume and what it can tell us. But at some point, maybe it's like, no, we can get, we'll figure that out in this next step. I mean, maybe not. That's a fantastic question. Yeah. I, I obviously can't predict the future, but I do feel that, especially with platforms like LinkedIn, yeah. right? That's your that's your CV. That's, it. that's your resume right there. Yep. 
And so again, to to expedite this process, not only to match the candidate who is, you know, clearly interviewing multiple places, if those businesses are moving fast, you've got to move fast. Otherwise you're behind and you've lost that well, candidate. And also businesses are in a place where they don't they don't really have the the ability to be picky and choose a nice looking resume. Mm -hmm. I'd rather get someone in the door, talk to them, and let's figure it out real quick as opposed to sit here and shuffle through, you know? Yes. And two, of course. This really depends on the nature of the work, the yeah, industry, course. and of you course. know all of those little nuances. But I definitely feel there is more attraction towards those social skills, yeah. right? Those soft skills. Right. And a resume only tells you so much. I agree with you, right? One of the things, attention to detail. You right. can you can read between the lines, and mm -hmm. although the words on the resume are helpful. They don't tell you everything. Right. It is a, that good introduction baseline, but at some point in time between you, when you have an applicant tracking system with a full job description, something has to give, right? right? Is, right. It, is it eventually the resume to your point and saying, hey, most people, we got to get rid of this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really tell us anything and it's too perfectly crafted right. and it's not an authentic representation of who that person is. Or do you forego a lot of the compliance-based stuff in the Correct. sense of like the actual application? You know, I'll use a platform, for example, Handshake. So Handshake is used by, God, I think it's global, globally used. And a lot of universities use it as their platform for mm -hmm. students, you know, alumni, you know, those are about to well, graduate. Sorry, talked yeah, about this yeah, when I was in operations yes, like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> good, good memory, yeah. good memory. And so what they've done is kind of shaken this process and flipped it upside down <clears> because <throat> they've made it so easy okay. to bring student, potential recent, you know, potential grad and meets employer. And they've done it in such a simplified That's manner. Right, yeah. And that, I think a lot of businesses can kind of take a page from that. So when we post a job on there, they don't have to fill out an application. They just submit their resume. That's it. That, that tells me everything I need to know. Wow. And then I go through the process. Sure. So it expedites it. But yeah, I, I could see the resume going away at some point. And again, if you have your social media and your right. LinkedIn and all, it tells us everything we well, need to know. It's going to take a serious, you know, some willingness to change because I know, and we work with people that I'm sure would really disagree with that. <laughs> Right. And so at some point, though, you got to, you know, to your point about being efficient in the process, mm -hmm. figure out the things that really matter. And, and at what point do you really figure out if this person's going to work? And here's another thing about it, too, that I find very interesting. Oh, there's a podcast called Revisionist History. There's Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you've read any Malcolm Gladwell mm -hmm. books. He has a book called David and Goliath and Blinkist and just kind of human psychology and behavioral mm -hmm. like economics and things like that. Mm -hmm. But anyways, his podcast is really cool and it goes back in time and looks at historical events and kind of rethinks them and understands them from, from kind of, you know, different perspectives mm -hmm. and, and puts a little more nuance into them. And, mm -hmm. and one of the stories he talks about is a country in South America. I don't know exactly where, but a school system went through a process of trying a new way to elect uh, student officials, mm -hmm. which was basically have, you know, have the bare minimum requirements they have to make. And then, everyone that gets into this 10, 15, 20 person pool, you just pick them randomly because your random choice is just as good of a potential for them turning out as you meeting the person in person, right? As going through the interview process. So I'm not saying interviews should ever go away either, but at some point we are so confident in ourselves that I can choose the right person. No way. 
you just, the kid that's sitting there quiet might in fact be way more competent and responsible than the confident boisterous person. Right. I mean, so it's kind of that our human, our human, you know, biases get in the way, I think a little bit. So it's, I just think rethinking it is, is inevitable, right? Thank you, Jack. I wish people could see me right now because I've had my hands up in the air (laughs) in agreement with Jack. I talk a lot about this, of course. Ironically, I was talking to someone today and I find in my job a constant reminder that recruiting is an art, not a science. There are things we can quantify, right? right? We can have targets and goals and things like that, but humans, we're unpredictable. We're emotional we you know the the interview process has gotten to a point where it's this weirdly orchestrated perfectly crafted interaction that mm-hmm. doesn't feel authentic At all. because you know you hear well do this to land a job do this to land a job well is are you being you are you yeah. really showing who you are as a candidate what you can bring to the table and i think it's remove some of just that authentic interaction. Completely. And I would, I I agree with you. I mean, to some degree, we've got to make a decision, right? And we're going to win some, we're going to lose some. Mm -hmm. But as long as we're, you know, doing the core things that we need to do, obviously you don't want to just hire anyone because- Right. And there's certain technical positions where you need some competencies and you got to make sure they have the Mm -hmm. bare minimum. But at some point we- you know, the, the decision between three, four, five candidates where we've determined they're competent, mm-hmm. we try to figure out the culture aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I, I get it and I appreciate it. And I think culture is very important. Yes. But you're only going to be so accurate so often. So just make a decision to your point, move on. And if it's the wrong decision, be quick to react to it. Yeah. So when we talk about some of the changes, that that right there. So when it was in really... Again, I'm, I'm very broadly speaking, this obviously doesn't apply to every sure. business, but when historically it's been in favor of the business, that's really what would happen. You know, you would have this process, understandably, that would take months and you would make sure you have, you know, your, your panel of candidates and you'd go through one by one and all these different assessments and, you know, writing assessments and all these things to find that perfect one where now it's like, you've got to hire as you go. Right. And that's putting businesses, leadership, recruiters in a, in a, in a situation where we have to get more comfortable with risk. Mm-hmm. Is that, totally. oh, it's all about risk. Absolutely. Because making decisions can be scary, especially when there's financial obligations yeah. tied with it, right? I'm yeah. hiring this person you know, at the salary at X, Y, Z. And now I've selected this person and they're going to do the job. But what happens if it doesn't work out? Well, we need to do more of this, this, and this, and this, and make well, sure that we find the right, 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 right person. And totally, that's not the recipe. Well, and then it, people get, you know, I totally agree that I think turnover is a hugely wasteful expense, but I think that people create people build turnover up to be way larger of an expense than it should be, right? Because they get this sunk cost fallacy in their Mm -hmm. mind where they hired someone that isn't panning out Mm -hmm. in two months, but we Mm -hmm. should give them six Mm -hmm. and let's wait eight. But Mm -hmm. maybe it takes a year to get this job Mm -hmm. figured out. And it's like, cut your losses. Mm -hmm. And again, I know that kind of removes the human aspect a little bit, but you got to be, I think, nimble Mm -hmm. and and make a decision fast when you recognize after two months, I don't know if this is going to work out, Mm -hmm. right? Because then... Eight, you know, if you knew it at two months, it wasn't going to work out mm-hmm. and you thought it was expensive. It's going to be really expensive after a year of training and right. salary and benefits. Mm-hmm. And so maybe do your best to, to get 
get better about your two to three month employment window mm-hmm. instead of your 10 minute interview. Right. 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 Do constant feedback. Con- mm-hmm. I mean, in that, that first few months. Mm-hmm. And so. No, I, I agree. And that's why you don't want to over engineer. Totally. Yeah. You, you don't want to over engineer. Same with candidates. Yes, don't yeah. over engineer the process. Don't over engineer right? it. However, you know, we've again talked about change, the evolution, and yep. you know, we could probably spend hours talking about this, but I think while, again, that change is inevitable and we're experiencing it, there are still some things that are, regardless of what happens, resumes go away, we completely for forego interviews, whatever. But until they do. Until they do. There's yeah. still some tried and true. Right. That at its core will always be valuable. Sure. To both parties. And, you know, one of the things that really comes to mind, first and foremost, I recognize we all, everybody talks about it. It's nothing new. It's nothing, you know, like, oh, profound. Robbie just figured it out. But networking. Yeah. But the thing with networking is I think we make it more prestigious mm-hmm. than it is. Sure. And we make it this really monumental, overwhelming task when at its core, networking is just relationships. And so, you know, you you get on LinkedIn and you get all this yeah. insight and different tips and tricks. And it can be overwhelming. Like, what's what's the best tools for my own toolkit so when I navigate this process and I think specifically when you think about a recent grad most of the time again everyone's very unique maybe there are people that haven't done internships that really haven't built that rapport or maybe they, they don't feel like they have any business professionals that they've recently connected with but I would encourage anyone to think outside of the box networking is just not a professional thing it is your social daily circle it's the peers that you're around the people that you did a school project with anytime you talk with them and exchange any piece of information even if it's your name utilize them in your network right and that will greatly benefit them. Right. And I'll give you an example. Actually, I think I talked about this a little bit in my previous podcast, but I networked my way into Lutz completely. And, Same here. And I, I'm 110% yeah. <laughs> network into Yes, Lutz. and I used peers, right? So we talk about, yeah. again, people typically think networking, oh, I got to know the CEO and the CEO. No, you don't. Yeah. You just got to know one little, one person, make that connection and boom. And I remember, so I had a previous job and I, you know, was continuing my education and then decided to leave that position and get some applicable experience in talent acquisition in HR. So I took an internship. So most people would be like, oh, it's kind of a step back. And I'm like, no, I'm just shifting my mm-hmm. career to get to where I needed to totally. be. And uh, I was going through the internship. It was great. And I got to a point where I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm ready for my home. Like I'm, I'm at, I'm here, yep. I'm in it. And so started doing some research, came across this, you know, I heard about Lutz when I went to UNO, came across this posting. I'm like, no way. I'm like reading it. I'm like the like stars were shining. I'm like, yeah. this is my job. I'm like, I'm getting it. Yep. So I apply. I, I remember I did some research and I found out that one of my good friend's husband's worked here. Okay. So I reached out to her and I'm like, Hey, give me a scoop. Tell me all about this place. And you know, of course she's raving talking about it. And well then the next day or whenever I next got to work at the internship, I went to my fellow interns. I'm like, who here knows anybody at Lutz? Yeah. I want to talk to you. Nice. So a gal speaks up and she's like, and I know her and we're talking. She's like, Oh yeah, actually 
I was considering LUTs myself and I recently just connected with them. So we start talking. You're kind of also in the, you know, yeah. behind her back. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, how do I yes. want to take her out? Well, no, we actually, it was a, mut a mutually beneficial interaction. Oh, good. So what okay, ends up happening cool. is, so we're talking about kind of finding that, you know, that, that home. And yeah. ironically, she was looking at jobs also at my previous organization. I'm Got like, it. ah, here's my end. So I told her, I'm like, look, I'll give you my contact information at my previous job. Yep. You reach out, let them know I referred you. And in return, I want the information you have for yeah. LUTs. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So she, this is like some mobster oh, movie yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this sounds really weirdly manipulative, but, yeah, well, <laughs> but it, it was good Max and, and yeah, right. so, well, Maybe I should leave HR. Yeah. No. So, and she's like, absolutely hands me yeah. over stuff's information. Nice. Stuff hand, okay. our uh, HR shareholder. So I like ran home that night and I'm like, I am about to craft the most. Yeah, you're like, how do I not screw this up? Beautiful. <laughs> like, I get one. <laughs> And then you meet Steph and you're like, oh, she's so compassionate and wonderful. Yes, like, literally. Yeah. It was amazing. So I sent her this email and I'm like, okay, I'm selling myself. I'm like, I'm going to get this job. And of course, the rest was history. They somehow hired nice. me and I'm still here. But I think, again, for students who, and I talk to them a lot, they feel very overwhelmed. They're like, I don't have a network. Yes, you do. Yeah, totally. It's all around you. Everyone. It's your professors, again, your peers, your, your college classmates. It's your advisors yeah. more than anything. I'm such a huge proponent of, you know, those that are navigating their college career to, to utilize those resources. They want nothing more than for you to succeed. Totally. And they want to be a part of that. Yep. And a lot of college advisors have really great relationships with employers. I'll tell you my job personally, Jack, I'm probably in contact with career centers, advisors, usually a couple times a month. Sure. Yeah. Passing yeah. back and forth information. Wow. I'm, you know, they're sharing out there our, our internships, our opportunities. So mm -hmm. there is a really great camaraderie, yeah. you know, speaking in that realm. And so, you know, a career center is going to be a network opportunity for you to get that job you're really, totally. really interested in. Right. So networking, I know it's, you know, talked about but a that, lot. I mean, here's but, the thing though, that makes so much sense because when you think about once you get into the business world, mm -hmm. what leads you to success mm -hmm. is your network, yes. right? So that would only make sense that to get into it, mm -hmm. your network's probably going to lead you there too. Exactly. I mean, and, so. and that doesn't have to be the only avenue, no, avenue of course. It's, it makes it easier. A lot easier. Right? Instead of having to sit there and knit a sweater over your resume, <laughs> Make sure it's good. Like yes. we said, do what you have to do yes. to get in there, yes. right? Don't hang your hat on being a rebel and saying, I'm, you know, I don't need to do this right. step. Yes. You do, as long as it's around, you do. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, getting your foot in the door and, and knowing people. I mean, I can't, I'm, the same, I'm the same way. Yeah. New people here and someone told someone that I, you know, I'm close with, hey, here's a job opening up. I'm like, see, I didn't even have to see it on LinkedIn <laughs> or something. Right? You know, like the work came too. Yeah, but you see, this that's is great. Stuff. Yeah, but you know, or another example of that, I'm spending a lot of time on campus at career fairs. Right. There are times I've met students and really great connection, but maybe at that time we didn't have the opportunities that aligned with what they were interested sure. in. I can't tell you how frequent. I get those individuals reaching back out to me a couple of years later. Really? Hey, Robbie, met you on campus. You know, I noticed you have this roll up. I really enjoyed meeting with you. Awesome. You made that connection. Yep. So even if in that moment it doesn't feel that immediate gratification of like, how can I use them to my, my benefit mm -hmm. or have that mutually beneficial relationship, it doesn't have to be right then and there. It could always be in the future. Well, and also it's it, it makes you be especially mindful of how you carry yourself around yes. people. And it's not, you know, that gets... 
a little misconstrued. And I think we've all gone through times in our lives where we were either trying to be someone we're not mm-hmm. or, or me personally, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I'm like, I am who I am and I don't really care what you think of me <laughs> kind of thing. That, <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's like, but you do though. I mean, because yeah. the worst thing that you can do is leave a bad taste in someone's yes. mouth. And then that's a whole arm of a network that you're just cutting off. Exactly. Right. So exactly. that's fantastic. What else? I guess what other resources do you have for people yeah. to kind of stand out as we said again, you know, in the job market. Absolutely. So kind of continuing the tried and true trend, the the second thing is, you know, so we talked about the weight that a candidate carries. Once upon a time, it really was, you had to do all of this stuff to even right. get the application through and- Cover letters. Cover letters and, and all of that. Okay, so let's push that aside. There's this, I weirdly, oddly spend a lot of time on like recruiting forums. I know it's kind forums? of forums. Forums. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know that's weird. So probably. yeah. Even in spare time, yes, just having conversations. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Here. Like yeah. accounting one specifically. I get on. So there's. So do you get? On, oh yeah. You we, you we get on Reddit. Reddit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, get on Reddit. So yeah. <laughs> I get on the r slash msp Reddit, which is all about MSPs and technology. I get on the accounting Reddit. <laughs> I'll send articles okay. to people in tech and be like, dude, dude look at this. Yes, did you know this is yeah. happening? So I... And <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, okay, of course you do you that. totally do. And I also want to spend time on, like, there's anti-work ones, work reforms. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and I, to just see what's trending, right? And totally. From a national level to right. all the way down to Midwest. Well, people are honest in those, They too. are. Right. And so... You know, spending a lot of time doing that, you know, I think there's this trend going towards like, just apply for jobs, just get through it, go through the motions. Right. And I would tell anyone listening to this to not follow that advice. Right. When you're beginning your job search, whether you're a recent grad or you're going back to a career transition or you're re-entering the market because you unfortunately got laid off, whatever the circumstances are, take the time and invest in doing your research. Mm-hmm. It is going to help you twofold. First, it's really going to catapult you, not only as a candidate, right? Because you're going to be Mm well-equipped. I'm not saying you have to memorize every aspect of how the business makes its money, but you should have an understanding of how they operate, even if it's just the the surface lining of that, because that's going to help you craft your approach uniquely to them. You're going to be better equipped with questions, that accommodate the business, understanding right. how it operates. You then can also look at this too in doing research. So one, it's gonna help that interview process. You're going to stand out as a candidate. Right. It is blatantly obvious when someone has done their research totally. and when someone hasn't. But it's also gonna help you because you're going to invest that time to find organizations that you can see yourself at. So going back, we talked about candidates right now, like they have seven offers versus one. How do you decide? Yes, compensation, benefits, all those things. They, they play a role. Right. But it gets to this point where it's overwhelming. You kind of get this analysis paralysis because you're like, I've done all this research. I don't know what to do. How do I make this decision? You know, you get this fear of making decisions. And so if you're doing the research ahead of time, you're going to be able to say yes to that company, no to that company. And it could be anything from maybe you want to be at a larger organization. Maybe you want to be at a smaller one. Maybe you really have found that through even college, you really like hybrid work or working from home. So it's a balance. You, you, doing research is gonna help you create a list, this list of non-negotiables. 
you have to be careful because that list can get really long. I need this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And then it's unrealistic because you're putting too much pressure and having your work define everything in your life. That's not the goal here. The goal is to say, in order for me to accept an offer, these are my non-negotiables. Maybe it is, I need a remote job. That's where I feel my best. I'm, I'm gonna blossom and I need that, that for my life. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's, I need continuous education and development. And I have to know that an organization offers that. Well, so if you've done that research and in conjunction with creating this list, these non-negotiables, you now know how to ask the right questions. Totally. Find the right company. Right. So when you get those seven offers, you can go through, this has been answered, yes, no, yes, no, and go through that list and help yep. you nav- navigate that. So essentially what I'm saying is, I know a lot of, you know, everyone has different input, like don't do your research, don't waste your time doing that. Take the time to yeah. do it. And it's a balance, right? right? Don't spend ungodly hours and, you know, days doing it. Again, just know where you're applying <laughs> and what job you're applying for. Totally. And anything else is just going to be kind of a cherry on the top with that. Well, and I, th- I think, kind of along those same lines is just being intentional about what you do, right? Yes. Not just, sh- I mean, I feel like people just go through the motions of yes. I need to apply and get a job. It's like, okay, well, and I, and I, again, I think that just comes down to the person when they hit that point in their life. So it's kind of tough to get people to do that when they're not ready to do that. And, and that's it, okay. okay. Yeah, right. And so at that, I mean, at some point to your point, you just have to make a decision Yes. And go do it yes. and then learn from it. And if it feels right there, great. If it doesn't make a, di- make a change. Yes. Yes, we talked about that spectrum, right? That's really widened. Totally. So it's okay to have individuals that purely want that transactional relationship. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. But in order to get that, that's where businesses are going to have to do a better job of marketing themselves. Like, this is exactly what we stand for. These are the benefits we offer. This is everything we can provide in this role. Does that work for you? Yes or no? Okay. Nope. Great. On to the next one. And, And that's not to not make the process human it still is a human process but it is getting through those little aspects a lot quicker when you have someone that's there for the transactional approach like i just want to go to work do my job and i want to leave i don't want to do happy hours i don't want to do social events don't invite me to anything i still like you i just want to do my job right well that's okay but you need to find an organization that has the opportunity to support you to do that right whereas Previously, this process, it would take three months. It would take you three months to find that out about a candidate or three months to however the interview, however long that interview process would go. So again, those are the ways that it's, it's that evolution. It's getting quicker and quicker and quicker to get to that ability to make decisions, both from a candidate and what they want and need and the business and what they want and need. Totally. Awesome. What else? Anything else before we get out of here? We've talked about a lot. Yeah. It always just flies. I know. It makes it fun. Yeah, I I think really that kind of covered a, a lot of, I guess, just the, I guess, tips or tricks. Sure. You know, I would also, I guess my last But the thing, key, uh, real yes, quick, just yeah, to interrupt you. Yeah. I, I, think, I think the key is that there's really not tips or tricks. It's yeah. more of just be yourself, be intentional, and, and meet a lot of people. Yeah. Right? And then, of course... You got to fill out a resume. You got to fill out an yes. application, whatever. I mean, we can talk all yeah. day about where we think yes. the workplace is going to go yes. in the future because yes. that's fun to do. But at the end of the day, just do it and do it well. Yeah. You know, you can feel it when it's not, when you don't do something well. When you half-ass something, you can feel it. Yes. It's exactly what right? it is. Yeah. And it's intentionally cautious about some of the topics we've talked about, right? Yeah. Because right. I'm, I'm sure some listeners 
anyone listens to if this one. If there's consistent yeah, listeners, I don't know. <laughs> for, for, for me, right? Yeah. But if they listen, you know, it, some people are going to drastically disagree. Sure. I'm, I'm not telling candidates to, quote, unquote, be loose with how they do right. this process. Or I, I hate to use this word, but like, not a, okay, I'm going to use not as intentional. Okay. Still do those things. But in order to, to secure that job, to do those things you want, doing those tried and trues are going to help you. And, totally. and knowing when to commit that extra time and knowing when to pull it back. And having those non-negotiables, like these are the three things that regardless I walk into this role and that matters to me, that's going to help me find the job. So when I see this really strong job market sure. that we haven't seen in quite a few years, yep. I'd argue one of the strongest job markets in the last 10 years. I mean, it's pretty wicked. I'm sure, yeah. How do I make a decision when I see a thousand open positions? What am I looking for? So it's just using your tool belt differently. Yep. maximizing your time, but still building those relationships and networking. Well, and to your point, I mean, you don't know, you, you never know who you're going to run into mm-hmm. in the interview process, right? Mm-hmm. You never know what people are going to be attracted to or appreciate. So there may be something about your personality that's very unique or, or and I don't want to say abrasive, but maybe abrasive mm-hmm. that, that some people may love, yes. right? But what if you come across someone that doesn't, you know? So mm-hmm. to your point about doing the tried and true things, mm-hmm. look sharp, be polished mm-hmm. and, and know yourself and know the company and mm-hmm. be ready to go mm-hmm. as long as you're interested in that. Yes. Right? So you can't, it's hard to fake that for a company you don't care about or a job you don't want. Yes. Right? It's doing you and the business a disservice. Yeah. If you say yes to an opportunity that goes against those non-negotiables. Yep. If you say, I need a remote job without a doubt, but then accept an offer for a job in person. Yep. Most of us would, you know, take a guess that you'd probably leave within right. the first. You're yeah. gonna leave. You're this gonna quit because yeah. it, it's it's going against your own personal totally. wants and needs to feel successful in that role. Right. So it's fine tuning those. And one last thing I will add to. Of course, I touched a little bit on it, but while this process too can still feel overwhelming, and you know, we're we're businesses are doing a lot to make sure that process does move fast and. Uh, accommodate these changes is utilize your campus resources again. Totally. I know some things are evolving. What's fascinating, like career fairs. I don't know if career fairs will be obsolete per se. I think for some industries, they'll, they'll shift. So career fairs are still happening, but the format and the manner in which we're doing is changing that is changing. Right. So, Career fairs that I go to, I mean, they're still packed with other employers. I mean, they're geared up, ready to go. Right. And so just doing those things, you don't have to go to every single one, right? Make sure you're balancing that yeah. commitment, of course, but going to career fairs, reaching out to your, you know, college career center, your career advisors, college advisors, they're, they're going to help you in right. that process. Totally. And again, as an ex extension of that networking so well and employers know that a great way for them to find good candidates is Mm -hmm. to get connected with career fairs and career centers at universities and so if you shine to those groups Mm -hmm. then obviously they're going to say hey i've got this funnel i've got this pipeline of candidates so totally that makes sense here's what was really interesting doing campus recruiting in a virtual world yeah it was one would expect kind of like working from home right you thought oh everyone would love this like it's great no one liked it. Sure. The students hated it. Really? At least from my yeah. sample size. The students hated it because they were like, 
it's just weird. Like I, it doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. We have a weird, like scheduled five minutes to chat and like, what if the conversation's done? Do I leave? Oh, that does seem it was, terrible. So we did virtual career fairs. And okay. yes, yeah, so it was very interesting. Cause obviously we still want to connect and engage yeah. with students. And so I think that's a great example where, yeah. hey, we tried it. I think most universities, again, my sample size and who I'm interacting with have agreed, like that doesn't really work for us. Yeah. And now we've gone back to the traditional nice. career fairs. So again, change, changes there, but yeah. you know, some of those things are going to kind of remain the same. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for yes. talking today. Thanks, um, for, thanks for having me. Yeah. We got to keep doing it. This is fun. All right. Thank you. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.